last. On this world, vengeance shall be mine. Control Structure Episode 18, Deep Fried Web Servers, for March 20th, 2013, with hosts Andrew Bailey and Christopher Thompson. And now, something's broke. So, once upon a time, uh, last Wednesday... I open up my mailbox, and there is a package inside. And I look at it, and I think to myself, this can't be. Amazon said that it would get here on Friday. When, in all honesty, I was expecting it to get here Monday, because, well, you know my luck. So, I open up the package, uh, close my eyes, and take it out, and, uh, why, hello, Miss Kerrigan, how are you? Uh, You seem to have a little more zerg in your hair. So, I managed to, uh, you know, enjoy that rather thoroughly, and then, uh, come this evening, uh, my my co-host is nowhere to be found. I guess he's dead or something. OMG, 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 I got hot, OMG, OMG, OMG! I think I'm gonna have to quit this podcast, I've been sleeping for the last seven hours so I could play it all night. Oh, Chris. All right, all right. You've, you've done this before. I shattered your heart last time. I'll stay. But come on, 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 come on. I'm so excited. Come on, come on. Hey, you know, on Friday evening, Ryan said big week, and I ended up on the gadget show. So, I mean, maybe you could, you know, follow my example and pull yourself away and calm yourself down enough that you can do this. <gasps> All right, joy killer. So, uh, uh, what else have you been doing of late? Uh, sleeping, working, sleeping, working, sleeping, working, eating, 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 sleeping, working, eating, sleeping, working. Oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Sleeping, eating, working, and. Taking number twos. Yep. In other words... Those pencils are hard to find nowadays. In other words, nothing's changed. Yep, nothing changed. Um, except that this podcast uh, has finally got a nickname. It is now The Food Show. The Food Show? Yes, because we talk about food a lot. Really? Yes. The only time I see we talk about food is when I'm eating something, which... Okay, I guess that is quite often. 
and I talk about food quite a bit too. Um, I talk about you know passing the fried chicken, and I talk about Oreo cream cheese suspensions, and I'm t- I'm asking what's for dinner. Hmm. You know, we may actually have to actually do a cooking show where we actually cook something. Hmm. Just for the irony. But instead, it will have to be, say, a web server. Deep fried web servers. <laughs> complete with Apache. Well, and rubies. Ew. <laughs> well, you gotta have something this way to simulate your ketchup. Well, that, and it seems that everyone's doing Ruby nowadays. True, but we're not everyone now, are we? That is true. We are very contrarian and ironic. Yes, we are. So, uh, anyways, uh, since uh, we had essentially a huge Kickstarter uh, of the week last week, um, let's see, I thought that maybe I could pick something out. Um, for instance, have you heard of Jeremy Soule? I know of Jeremy, and I know his soul, but I've never heard of Jeremy Soule. Hmm. Well, uh, I'm, well, since you're mostly deaf, uh, have you heard any of the music from the Elder Scrolls or Supreme Commander? You mean besides the one that I'm forced to listen to while I play? No. Well, even that, uh, that yeah, is, Jer- I- that is Jeremy Soule's music. And hmm, that's and, pretty good then. Yeah. And, uh, uh, he also did, uh, Guild Wars, uh, which pretty much includes everyone else on the network. Mm-mm. Well, I, I did enjoy Guild Wars, though I would have to say some, some, a lot of Starcraft were really good. Uh, I don't think uh, he did any of StarCrafts, though. Oh, no, no, StarCraft, the uh, Elder Command- Scroll. Yeah. I'm sorry, I have too, too, too much hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if I can listen to... If I can play a game for almost 200 hours and listen to the same music over and over and over, that means it's done really, really well. Yes. So, um, uh, Jeremy, <laughs> Jeremy Soul here has uh, kick-started a symphony... Uh, called the Northerner Soul Symphony No One. So hmm. it uh, as of right now it is like four hundred and sixty-two percent funded. Well, it's about to go up. So I went ahead and uh, chipped in ten bucks, or no, it's fifteen actually. Yeah, it should be fifteen, so you can get the autograph. And give me a few more minutes, and then I will have that, too. So, um, uh, just this evening, I, I got a message uh, saying that he had posted an update on this. And uh, he uh, gave a little five-minute podcast, if you will, uh, along mm. with this. Nice. So, yeah. So, this- symphony number one. So, I assume there's going to be some more coming after Potentially. Hmm. So, I mean, he only wanted $10,000 for it, and uh, <laughs> now now it's closing in on five times that much. Well, good music and a lot of gamers probably browsing Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I uh, was referred to this, uh, I think it was probably either by PC Gamer or The Escapist, and, like, that was within probably the first day, because uh, mm-hmm. it still said, like, 29 days to go, and it was already at, like, 39,000. Oh, wow. It was insane. Huh. Well, he still has 25 days to go. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks 10, 100,000. 100, yeah. That would be kind of ironic if he broke a million. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he would He would probably have enough to fund several symphonies. Yep. Well, I, if it ever gets that far, I at least hope he includes number two and three. <laughs> so if he if he did that, I'd probably have to give him more than fifteen bucks. Yep, same here. <laughs> so um, yeah. Uh, see, I've I've been a fan of Soul since uh, pretty much ever since the Elder Scrolls Four came out uh, back in two thousand six. And Oblivion. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that was pretty much coincidental with uh, Supreme Commander as well. And I remember reading an interview there that uh, the process in which he made the Oblivion soundtrack was very different from the Morrowind soundtrack because apparently he uh, had a car accident and he remembered at, like, for just a moment, like, he let go of everything. Like, everything in his mind, like, he was sort of at peace. And he said that sort of resonated with him in the soundtrack in Oblivion. Hmm. Interesting. So, and then, uh, like, I read a little further in this interview, and he said that pretty much everything you're hearing in the Oblivion soundtrack, and I think he said the Supreme Commander soundtrack, pretty much every music that he did at the time, uh, was essentially, like, 36 Pentium 4s. That was his symphony. Interesting. And, you know, it, you know, generally, you know, I sort of dislike uh, synthesized music, but you pretty much cannot tell that it is. It has risen out of the uncanny valley. Mm hmm. So. And then, uh, upon reflection of this whole, uh, you know, gaming funding on Kickstarter, um,. I recalled a little bit ago that uh, Gabe Newell said several years ago uh, that you know he was you know talking about uh, gamers funding games. Um, well, you know, that kind of sounds like I wanted to say. Uh, I forget the word for it. Not exactly an ironic statement, but according to the prophecy. Yes. <laughs> I guess that would be the best way to put it. Yes. Um, let's see. Gabe Newell said, What I think would be much better would be if the community could finance games. In other words, hey, I really like this idea you have. I'll be an early investor, and as a result, at a later point, I may make a return on that product, but I'll also get a copy of that game. Hold on. Return on this product? Yeah. So I'm not exactly sure what that would be. Well, I could see it if you buy a $15 game and it goes on sale for, say, $50. That definitely would be a return on your investment. 
Yes, it would. So, and if enough uh, people, you know, chip in, it might be a very higher quality game. Correct. So, I guess we just answered our own answer. So, you know, this is a good way to, uh, you know, keep PC gaming alive and, uh, you know, not have everyone go to, you know, iPhones and stuff. Well, people can still go to iPhone. I mean, that some some of those games are simple and amazing, and sometimes you need to step back and play a simple game. Yep. For for five minutes and then go back playing hot. Unfortunately, there's not going to be any raspberry. Oh. So, unfortunately, my raspberry has been left all alone this week. But, uh, anyway, on with the lull apple. (laughs) So, apparently, there is this, uh, biography movie that's going to be coming out about Steve Jobs. Uh Uh-oh. And... They've done something incredibly, incredibly retarded with this. Uh, they have delayed it uh, because uh, they want to market it more. Hold on. What? Exactly. I mean, They're this is... They're delaying is, it so they can market it? Yes. You know, I guess they don't realize that Steve Jobs is a god to a lot of people. So, I mean... You know, they want to do this because of marketing? I mean, holy shit, you marketing retards. You'll only need to say that this is the story of the guy who invented iPhones and iPads. And that's it. It will be a blockbuster. <laughs> <sighs> yep. You know, well, way to screw over the people who are supporters. Well... I'm probably not going to see it anyway, but... Yes, same here. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I don't watch movies, and I don't watch TV. I don't even have a TV in this apartment. So Really? I really? have three TVs in my apartment. Well, I mean, I do have a USB TV tuner, but I can't remember the last time I used that. Hmm. Oh, next next time I find a TV, I could store it somewhere. So, anyway, I heard that uh, Google killed another of its children. Yes, unfortunately, one of my favorites that I use on a daily basis, Google Reader. Yeah. Um, so, I was I was there log, logging in, and it said, popped up, 
this service is no longer going to be in use after January, so please download all your stuff and get out. Wait, it's July. July 1st. Yes, July 1st. And it pretty much said, yeah, go find, go find some other system. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, Google's been doing its spring cleaning for a few years now, and I'm interested to... Uh, I'm just curious to hear, you know, Google's take on this as to, you know, why they, uh, would do this. I mean, Google is run by some pretty smart people. There has to be a legitimate reason why the, they would do this. I mean, it is useful to people, and, you know, I'd say that it's definitely within their mission of, you know, organizing all the information in the world. Correct. But this is mm, I'm not sure if they would get any renegade points for this that is a very good question I think they may get some renegade points I'd say maybe at least one uh huh so it makes you question all the system could you remember google wave no I actually never used that Neither did I, but I'm just reading from the news article, so go with it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was sort of curious how it, you know, fit together, but, you know, from what I heard, it really didn't fit any of my use cases. Hmm. So. I just use it so I don't have to go to the individual sites and read all the stuff. So, and uh, last I checked, uh, I believe uh, the users of my RSS feed, they are 100% from Google Reader. So, and I'm uh, wondering if Google just hates RSS. I mean, like, initially, Google hated files, because if you remember when the first of the Chromebooks was, I think, announced, that Mm -hmm. the Chrome OS didn't even support the concept of files, like, you literally had to twist its arm to save something on the device. Because, you know, Google's like, oh, files are so complicated, they confuse people, and we want as many people as possible to be online. So, no files anywhere. Just documents and a whole bunch of searching. <laughs> um, which, I guess, uh, the studio guy uh, picked up on that, since he claims that he does not have any files, or would rather not have any files. So, I mean, does Google just hate RSS? Because um, in Chrome, uh, they uh, set the issue to implement native RSS reading in the Chrome browser. It was set to won't fix on Sunday. Huh. So, you know... Um, I wonder what else Google will start to hate. Um, and the Slate.com uh, has a graveyard for uh, killed Google services where you can click on a gravestone to leave a flower. Really? Yes. So, and, uh, well, I Holy mean... Holy cow. I... I... So that's where Google Flaps went. Yep. Well, Google Video I can see being replaced by YouTube. Oh yeah, and I'm surprised that wasn't that didn't happen earlier. Correct. 
Google code search? Man, they really hate developers. <laughs> well, I guess we'll just have to go over to Microsoft and into the cold arms of Steve Ballmer. And uh, no thanks. I mean, he just shouts for us. I would rather go to Linux before I go to Apple. Well, so, um... And interestingly, so there's which, an... Which, interestingly, there is an empty grave for Google Glass. <laughs> so... I just noticed that. So, and I'm surprised that there isn't a grave for uh, Google Fiber... Or Gmail. I mean, is Gmail next? I mean, at this point, they're sort of going on a, you know, a serial shooting spree, if you will. Uh-huh. I mean, if Google died, if Google, if Gmail died, that would just be utter chaos. I mean, even, will Google Plus be around in a few years? Eh, probably not. I mean... How, how many people use Google Plus as opposed to Facebook? Uh, and then again, I'm surprised Facebook is still around. Yeah, I I hear that it's not the most popular thing anymore. I sure hope not. So, so I am getting if she okay. I'm going to start a little rant for a moment. I hate how whenever I go to a site, there's like 20 different buttons that you can like. <laughs> 20. I've seen some with like 30 and 40. They're they're yeah. they're atrocious. Um <laughs> next time I come across one of those, I I'll definitely uh make a note of that. Yeah. I mean, I mean seriously, there's like, you know, like and, you know, plus this on like a bajillion different services. I mean, like remember all the stuff that was bad in the 90s? Well, this is something that's bad for today. Yep. See, at the bottom of this, on the sidebar, you got comment, you got Facebook, you got Facebook, share, you got tweet, you got email, you got print, you got RFS, you got reprint, and then at the bottom of the page, you have the exact same options again. Yeah, like, you know, I've been to sites where you actually have to click something to, like, reveal all of these icons. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, um, let's uh, cheer ourselves up a little bit and give uh, appreciation to the first sale doctrine. Um, in an update on a previous story that was on this podcast, the student who was importing textbooks from overseas and selling them in the United States has finally won his case at the Supreme Court. So, uh, interesting. So, uh, let's see, this, uh, Thai student, uh, was, uh, you know, importing, uh, cheap textbooks from overseas, which just so happened to be the exact same, uh, content, the pretty much the exact same thing as sold in America, but ironically, in countries where English wasn't really spoken too much, um, and, like, bought them really cheap over there came to America and sold them at a very slight markup, but not at the highway robbery prices that booksellers here would charge for them. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, John Wiley and Sons, a, a textbook publisher, uh, sued, and apparently they went through like uh, two circuit courts and finally ended up at the Supreme Court, where the Supreme Court finally said the the first sale doctrine covers this. It was pretty much uh, a interpretation of like a section of the U.S. Code, uh, whether it uh, pertained to geography or not. Hmm, interesting. So, and this uh, has uh, quite a bit of impl- implications, not just in the uh, the book uh, publishing industry, uh, but also in the digital industry. So if you, say, set up a VPN in, like, uh, some other country where a vendor would sell, you know, music, say, uh, for pretty cheap, and then you download it through a VPN there, that and then you would get it here uh, for really cheap. Hmm. I could see that having some negative impact on our environment, our our economy. Yeah, but uh, you know, yeah, you know, I I wouldn't think that this would be a a very large uh, case or very large uh, uh, like portion of sales. Well, look, look, look at what Amazon has done to a, a good chunk of bookstores. True. And now it's starting to spread into Best Buy, Sears, other yeah. actual physical stores. I think Best Buy just couldn't really keep up with the general environment of online shopping. Not just Amazon. Perhaps. But, I mean, I, I haven't gone to a physical store to buy a computer since high school. I've gone to Newegg or Amazon. Come to think of it, I don't think I've ever gone to a big box store to buy a computer. So, like, it's pretty much just been through, you know, uh, you know Newegg. And, let's see, I think... One of our first ones was like from a very small, uh, you know, IT computer builder shop. So, anyway, uh, speaking of uh, news from overseas, the European Union has fined Microsoft 561 million euros for not giving users their browser ballots. Um, so, uh, so you remember that browser ballot? I do remember the browser ballot. Yeah, this is the so, most... So, 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 so now you don't have to have IE download another browser. You automatically get an option at, when you install it, right? Yes, yes. Uh, Internet Explorer gives you an option up front of what browser you want to use. So that pretty much takes all the fun out of it. Um, and they were fined $732 million? Uh, yes, uh, but this is only over in Europe. Uh, since apparently the European Union, uh, like, cried foul over Microsoft, uh, you know, pretty much uh, dominating the browser market, uh, never minding the fact that, uh, you know... You could just go download one. Not only that, but the usage share of Internet Explorer had been declining for years. And this, I think this was back in, like, 2006 or so. Um, I think... 
I think this was just a Windows 7 thing. It might have been like the later portion of Vista uh, as well, but um, yeah, this is like pretty much the most obvious and probably the most retarded um, uh, politically motivated computer you know, program thing that has ever been done. Yep. So, huh. I mean, you know, if you're, you know, saying that's, you know, oh, the brainwashed, you know, I, I wouldn't say brainwashed, but the Ill- computer illiterate uh, masses, you know, would they even care? And if you're trying to make things simple to them, you know, you're, you know, asking them to choose something of five and they don't even really know what in the world each one is. Huh. That might be why Opera is getting a little bit more popular. I'm, If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure they're the ones who uh, like started, you know, jumping up and down and yelling about this and got this to happen. <laughs> <laughs> As well, I, I also see Safari on there. Safari for Windows from Apple. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure when the last Safari for Windows came out. Um, but yeah, that's horribly out of date, and I don't think that they'll be releasing another one on Windows. Would have surprised me. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that Chrome has a bigger usage on Mac than Safari does. And Safari is the one that's built in. Hmm. Interesting. So I'm curious as to, you know, why they decided to, you know, only do this for Windows and not, say, you know, the Linux systems. Um, Well, if they did this for the Linux system, who would they sue? Hmm. All the individual developers? I don't know. Um, I guess I would sort of, you know, turn into something that the uh, music industry tried to do, uh, trying to sue everyone who torrented music. So, huh. uh, speaking of Linux, uh, there is a Linux distribution chooser uh, that you know you can answer a few questions and it will recommend a list of uh, Linux distributions that would be right for you. Hmm, interesting. So, like, it asks you something, stuff like, uh, you know, obviously, what language do you speak? Uh, but it asks, you know, do you even know what Linux is? Uh, like, how advanced do you want to uh, mess around with the innards? Hmm, I might have to look into it. Yeah. Take the test. Uh, so along with that, uh, there's a 2013 uh, Linux distribution survey result. Um, I believe this was done on Reddit. Um, so it uh, pretty much goes divides use cases of Linux into both desktop and server. And like, do you run Linux on a server? Do you run it on a non-server? And uh, what uh, distribution do you choose? And it looks like Ubuntu and Debian uh, come out on top uh, for both uh, servers and non-servers. Hmm. Interesting. I'm about halfway done with the test. 
Um, How would you rate your knowledge? A little bit. <laughs> so, and uh, it asks, uh, what is your favorite Linux graphical environment, and what is your most hated one? And uh, unsurprisingly, uh, Unity comes out as the most hated, uh, followed by uh, people who said that they don't hate any of them. So, as far as far as the most favorite, uh, KDE four, followed by GNOME three, and then Xface. Hmm. Well, I just got my results back. I have one, two, three, four, five, one hundred percent perfect matches. Uh, which ones? Kbootun, Open Suse, Linux Mint. Mandriva and Ubuntu hmm. are all 100%, and then Fedora is 90%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, last time I tried Fedora, which was back in 2006, um, everything was pretty much broken in some way. Like, I couldn't really use it at all. Hmm. But. Well, Kubuntu looks pretty, along with. I'll pass on Linux Mint. Um, and OpenSUSE had a nice picture of a lizard on it. Yeah, I think OpenSUSE there. I think that was the one that uh, John Finley back in uh, Newmont used. Um, mm. And then I think Kubuntu was the one that Sam put on your desktop that one time. And Sounds, sounds about familiar. And... Uh, uh, actually, Linux Mint is probably the next distro that I'll be using if I ever bother to get around to, you know, actually doing that. Hmm. So, yep. Uh, speak- I will. I may have to look into it, but we'll see. So you might uh, move to Linux because of security. Um, in the Pwn to Own 2013 uh, contest. Uh, pretty much every browser uh, was exploited. Wouldn't me. Yep, uh, especially with Java and Flash. And uh, at Ponium 3, um, it seems that all Chrome OS hack attempts fail. Wait, what? Uh, all hacking attempts against Chrome OS, uh, not the browser, like... Uh, you know, like the, the operating system? Yeah, like for Chromebooks. So nice. They were not hacked at Ponium 3. Um, oh, you get comp- you get money for hacking? Oh, yeah. $100,000 like for hacking Google Chrome on Windows 7. Yep. So Nice. And... Uh, I think Google started uh, Ponium from Pwn to Own as an alternative because I don't think that they liked the uh, like the disclosure terms. Like people didn't have to disclose what the vulnerability was. Hmm. So, anyways, um, I got an article here that asks: Is there an IT talent shortage, or is it just a purple squirrel hunt? So. Uh, this article explains here 
that uh, you know it asks if there is like an actual shortage of uh, uh, IT workers in America um, because apparently this is a rapidly expanding field and there's not a lot of people there to support it. Uh, so therefore, it's a rather highly paid job, and uh, you know that's why there's a uh, you know H one B visas and a lot of foreigners coming over here to work uh, in the IT industry. And yep, and and, you- and I can I can actually tell you why that is. It's because over there they have entire schools dedicated to just teaching. IT, but if if you go back ten years, there was a shortage of nurses, and I think there still is. I mean, my dad was one, but he retired. Correct. So, so what what they did over in India was they set up nursing schools and mm. mass produced nurses, and they're doing the exact same thing with IT. Well, they're doing the exact same thing with IT over here. Uh, you remember Newmont? 300 students is called mass producing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're looking for something like, say, a state university, uh, you might have to go over there. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. hell, there's enough people to still fill a state university, like, just with the amount of people who live on a single city block. Yep. <laughs> So, and, uh, so it asks... But yeah, I, I, I agree with this. So, and, but there, it could also be a purple squirrel hunt going on in that, you know, uh, job postings and stuff, you know, very, asks for very specific, uh, requirements and qualifications. And, you know, like, for example, people who have had uh, like 15 years of Java experience or 20 years of Java experience. Well, How long j- has Java been around? 20 years. So, you know, they're asking for people who have essentially worked on it from the beginning. <laughs> um, which all of those people have been, you know, eaten up by other more prestigious companies. Uh, for instance, Google. You yeah. You, you you remember that one article? Uh, which article? About buying a car. If if it was if it was like an IT job interview. Oh yeah. Well, I'll have to stick that post in here. So, um, so it's uh, this article sort of uh, you know paints the picture that they'll ask for very specific and often impossible requirements, but then they'll have to, you know, search broader, you know, for immigrants, and that's when they'll lower it just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, speaking of IT recruiters, uh, there, this is a, I have an article here that is the inside story of how 382 recruiters pursued an imaginary engineer. Uh, so, uh, cool. Yeah, and I can exactly see this happening, and it also gives uh, quite a bit of insight as to, you know, like what services and what you can do online uh, that will, you know, get your name out there. Hmm. 
So, you know, that's... Yeah, and I can totally, uh, you know, see that happening. I've dealt with uh, plenty of recruiters before. So, if they go overseas and start to look at education, maybe they can start looking at Vietnam. Um, apparently they're teaching computer science uh, to school children over there. And, yep. and uh, this guy goes over there and, you know, sees checks out what's going on so they uh the computer classes start in the second grade they begin with basics how to take care of your five and a quarter inch floppies <laughs> uh but it quickly progresses from there by the fourth grade they start programming in logo so that's huh. essentially sequence of drawing commands and Not bad. So, uh, you know, they, uh, apparently the salary for computer science teachers in Vietnam is uh, pretty cheap. Uh, so, uh, this guy, uh, you know, pretty much withdraws like a thousand bucks and donates it to a school so that they can hire a second, uh, computer science teacher. And like, I think he also wrote some software, translated some software, uh, for the school as well. So, if uh, fifth grade students in Vietnam are performing at least on par with eleventh grade students in the U.S., what is what does eleventh uh, grade in Vietnam look like? Uh, he walked into a high school CS class again without any advance notice. Uh, the class was working on the assignment below, partially translated. Uh, uh, given a data file describing a maze with diagonal walls, count the number of enclosed areas and measure the size of the largest one. Huh. Oh. Didn't we learn that in college? Uh, I think so. Um. Well, and, and namely algorithm class and stuff. Uh. No, not algorithm class, um. I want to say Jamie's King class. Uh, which one was that? I forget. But yes, oh, well, so it. it sort of looks like something that would be done in uh, discrete mathematics, almost. So, and then uh, he uh, compares it to uh, American schools in that school boards fight to keep it out of schools, since every minute spent on computer science is one less minute spent on core subjects like English and math. And uh, the students' test scores in these subjects determine next year's funding. And they refuse to teach real computer science more often than not because they don't understand it. They end up teaching uh, word processing and website construction and calling it CS. And uh, parents often oppose it since the grade has no direct benefits on the child's academic progress. Uh, This is compounded by a lack of understanding of the difference between their child playing video games and their child making video games. (laughs) And they intentionally, students intentionally tune out CS class since there are few things worse in American high school than being labeled a nerd. Well, I got news for you. We rule the world. Yes, we will. No, we already do. Oh, I thought you were talking me and you going to rule the entire world. 
Um, well, you know who stands between the forces of evil and your lolcats? Nerds. Mm. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, Matt Hewley, um, I think I uh, pronounced that right. Matt Hawley, I think, maybe. Uh, he, oh, well. He says that LinkedIn is a virus. And he said with just a few clicks, he accidentally spammed over a thousand people to connect on LinkedIn using their import feature. Huh, nice. So, um, yeah, apparently a lot of people probably think that he's, uh, excuse me, a lot of people think that he's trying to look for a job now or something. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the. Uh, let's see. Uh, responses started coming back in at about a rate of 10 to 12 per minute for the first 15 minutes. A few people wrote personal notes back, which was nice. Two people called me, both people I barely exchanged email with for business reasons years ago. After they started slowing down, I began reading them all and realized a couple of things. There are a lot of social media manager type jobs. A lot of people work at Facebook. Uh, Gmail treats subject lines as duplicates on first names, and the clear winner of most responded to LinkedIn requests are from other people named Matt and Matthew. There must be a reason for this. People work at a lot of weird startups I've never heard of. <laughs> it emailed every person I've ever interacted with over Gmail, including one response from someone that works at a tr trucking company. Probably because I fixed a typo of theirs on Metafilter years ago. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so, uh, uh, let's see, what is it? Cameron Paul, uh, explains why he's switching back to Firefox from Chrome. So. You know, I actually thought about switching back to Firefox. So, he, uh,. Oh, what are his reasons? Well, he says that, you know, back in 2008, that he had been running the beta version of Firefox 3 since the day it was available. And the entire time, all he could think about was how bloated and slow it was. And how he heard about, uh, you know, Chrome uh, making, uh, well, Google making Chrome, you know, that browser. Um, and he says that, uh, let's see... More than ever, I was having issues with general slowness uh, talking about Chrome. The memory usage is off the charts, and I frequently have tabs becoming completely unresponsive. Moreover, there seems to be a general lack of QA these days. The disable cache checkbox in the developer tools seems to do nothing, and JavaScript errors are occasionally disappear into the void instead of being logged to the console. Chrome is starting to feel a lot like Firefox did in 2008. Uh, mm. so he said, uh, that in the meantime, uh, Firefox, uh, uh, let's see. <laughs> I failed to notice the work being done on Firefox. Firefox got fast. Side by side with Chrome, I'm seeing pages render visibly faster. Spider Monkey seems to have caught up with V8 as well, or whatever kind of monkey engine that they're using. Uh, his own non-scientific testing showed that V8 was still slightly faster, but the difference between the two was too small to be perceived. And then there are the developer tools. Um, the WebKit tools still have a few features not present in Firefox, 
but for 95% of what I want to do, the tools in Firefox are actually better. I, I like this technical issue aside. Firefox greets me with a page explaining my rights as a user of open source software, and Google greets me with an advertisement for Chromebook. <laughs> yep. So, that's always good to know your rights. So, yes, it is. So, anyways, how about the right to generic top-level domains? Uh, turns out that the book publishing and author community doesn't like Amazon's applications for the .book, .read, and dot author generic top level domains. So, in a new letter to ICANN, uh, that is the internet something for assigned names and numbers, uh, uh, publishers oppose Amazon's nine month old application. <clears throat> so, it's sort of interesting how they even did this whole thing, like the entire GTLD thing, uh, in that, you know, companies would, you know, spend, I think, almost $200,000 and just to, like, get this top-level domain all to themselves, and, you so, know, that, so you say you could end it and say dot .coke and it would go to Coca-Cola? Pretty much. And, and I don't really see the issue with that that much, besides first-come, first-serve is what everybody's complaining about. Mm-hmm. I wonder who's going to get dot .porn. <laughs> well, I'm not sure, but, you know, you'd think that dot .xxx would, you know, go off, you know, really well. But apparently everyone hated that, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be very easy to find what you want. Yes, it would. So well, I could def I could definitely see dot python being useful. <laughs> yes, of course. So all the clips you could want about a snake. Mhm. Mm uh both the uh the programming snake and the funny snakes. Yep. Um but yeah, like uh book and read and author are very generic and you know that's you know, I guess that's what they're trying to get at, and I understand them. You know, this isn't, it's not open like, say, .com, .org, and, and the like. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm surprised that Amazon doesn't really have a program where they can sort of recoup the cost and sort of become a registrar for this. True. So, you know, mm. I'm... I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, someone else had that idea, you know, like sort of kickstart a GTLD. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, let's uh, get this and, you know, everyone chip in and then you can get your own domain with this ending on it. Mm -mm. I could definitely see that being useful, but I could also see this entire thing just being disastrous because... Well, it's hard enough to remember if it ends in .net, .com, .tv. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, we'll soon find out because the first approvals uh, will be for April, uh, will be coming on uh, April 23rd. 
as the date of the first new GTLDs. Huh. Well, I predict disaster, so I'm saying it here and now. Uh, but if it's a disaster, I mean, I don't think it would affect us common internet users, would it? No. I it'll mean, just be a fi- it'll just be a financial loss for the company. Pretty kind, much, kind, kind, kind of like Netflix, a uh, new site that they were building to for stream users, uh, and how they just scrapped that entire yeah, idea. that Quickster thing. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I'm predicting it's going to be something like that. Uh maybe. So, um, so while you're clicking around the web, um. Someone calculated how many calories that clicking a mouse uh, would actually burn. And uh, he estimated that uh, uh, it would be down to 1.4 calories. You know, I can can get 100 clicks in within, say, 3 minutes, so that's more efficient than running for, say, 10 minutes. (laughs) Maybe. Is, 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 is that what it's saying? Because in that case, quick, write a book. <laughs> New weight loss program. All you do is click your mouse. The mighty finger. Yes. <laughs> there. I'm exercising. Yep. <laughs> now you can play video games without feeling guilty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, as you're browsing around the web, you might come into WebGL, uh, depending on what browser you have. Uh, so Stavros, um, doesn't really give much more of a name than that, uh, made an OpenGL terrain renderer. Uh, WebGL, that is. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is, uh, you know, pretty much, you know, terrain nice pretty nice landscapes so i'm i'm actually glad that someone actually went and did something like this just to you know prove that it could be done yep so it even uh, has a live demo here uh let me check this Hold out hold on here. i need to go kill my roommate <laughs> pretty cool here. I'm just, you know, sort of flying around what looks like a a randomly generated landscape. And it looks like I'm getting about 60 frames per second. Um, I remember doing this on my uh, work laptop, and I was getting maybe... mm, Okay, I'm back. I was getting maybe 15 frames or so per second on my work laptop that only has Intel-based graphics. So, you know, I really believe that, uh, you know, WebGL is a cool thing. This is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, there's also uh, Echo.net. Uh, let's see, Steve Wittens uh, wrote a article uh, pretty much about WebGL. Hmm. So did some, somebody called TheAndrewBailey.com yes. wrote an article also. Yes. And, uh, th- saying, and saying OpenGL sucks. <laughs> uh, no, that's not what I said. <laughs> it's, well, it says that here. OpenGL sucked. <laughs> yeah, back when I was using it with Python, it sucked. Hmm. 
Well, I didn't read it. That's the only thing I... Those are the only two words I read. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the Python wrapper to OpenGL sucked. Majorly. Hmm. So. Used like toilet paper origami. Hmm. Nice. That's pretty much what graphics from the 3D graphics from the 90s looks like. Used hey, it was 3D graphics back in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Just barely. Yep. So, um, I don't think that EA would really be uh, on the ball here with WebGL any. Um, uh, speaking of EA, their CEO, John Riccatello, has stepped down. Uh, it is unknown whether the latest SimCity uh, disaster had anything to do with it. It seems awfully coincident. Yes. So, um, I wouldn't really expect any change of, uh, you know, company culture because of this. No. I mean... It the, 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 the CEO's just one person. You would actually have changed out the entire dev team. I wouldn't say the dev teams are the problem. Well, I think it's it's more of the executive leadership and probably the investors as well. Perhaps. I mean, the investors are the ones that are like the barbarians at the door demanding higher quarterly earnings. Oh, do you still have that link I sent you? Uh, what link? About the crime? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, well. Okay. I'll go find it. So, Using Google Reader. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... See, Andrew Munsell uh, says, Stop making my password guessable. And uh, he goes over the fact that a lot of uh, services have been uh, hacked, and uh, hashed passwords are even worse. Plain text passwords, along with other sensitive information, have been stolen from many websites. And uh, let's see, he, it says he went to uh, Ribbon, and uh, he complains about their rather restrictive uh, password uh, uh, requirements. Uh, including it must be between 6 and 30 characters in length, must not have any white space, must have at least one special character. You, you know, the, the, the password that my company uses is absolutely ridiculous. Must be exactly 8 characters long. Must not have any, and then it gives you a long list of things. Hmm. Cannot, cannot be... Any previous password. Hmm. And so, then and then the other company I work for it expires every single month. Hmm. Yeah. So Yeah, there's a lot of uh retarded password policies out there. Correct. And you know uh you know, like the more frequent you have to change it and the longer like the previous password list is, and like all these other things, it actually encourages people to write them down or something. Correct. Which is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. So, he uh, praises WordPress in that it allows 50 characters with pretty much anything uh, in it. 50 characters? Yep. 
So, and uh, let's see. Speaking of passwords, uh, Cisco switches to a weaker hash hashing protection scheme, uh, leaving passwords cracked wide open. Hmm. So a lot of a lot of Cisco routers now have really weak passwords. Hmm. So what's this about Andrew's? Progressive insurance website feedback. So, um, you heard that I'm, you know, doing car insurance. I'm going to be buying a car pretty soon and all that. Yep. So, uh, I went to Progressive because they uh, gave me the lowest quote and lowest rate. And I had to, like, do a few things online. And, uh, like, I had to make a password. I think it was, like, only up to 20 characters in length and only... It must have a special character, and it must have been, like, one of about seven or so. Um, Mm. It couldn't just be anything. And, uh, you know, they had the audacity to ask me if their website satisfied me. And (laughs) um, I said, no, it did not. Uh, Your password uh, rules are horrendous. And anyone who thinks that they are good, should start looking for a new career. Mm. You know, and, and while we're ranting about this, one of the bankings I, I'm sadly with does not allow any special characters. Period. Yeah, I'm wondering where all these asinine rules come from, because... You know, it's, it's, it's just harder to program for them, quote. Well, that's... That's... Yep. That's all that there is to it. Um, because, you know, passwords should be hashed. And, you know, if you're going through a fixed... You know, if password functions uh, should only, you know, be a fixed amount of characters. So, uh, you know... That's how wide your password column should be. And that password function should be able to take anything, literally anything, and as long as it needs to be. So, you know, if you're limiting your passwords to, like, you know, pretty much anything in the ASCII uh, character set, um, or, you know, in many cases less, uh, you know, no special characters, um, you're doing it wrong. That's all there is to it. Yep. You know, and, you know, because this password hashing function can take, you know, a really big password, if you're limiting it to, like, 20 or even 8 in your case, um, yeah, you shouldn't be doing passwords like that. I mean, you you should have, you know, like, a password limit of, like, maybe a thousand characters, if not more. So, anyways, uh, you hear of YouTube? I do know YouTube. Slower than YouTube on Fios? Yes. And you know what makes it even worse? If you try to use their HTML5 player. Um, so, just today I was curious, and, uh, you know, just for one video... Uh, included myself into the HTML5 trial. 
Um, because, you know, I use well, Firefox and it supports the video tag and the WebM codec. You what, are in, what in heaven's name possessed you to do such a thing? I was curious, and I wanted to do some science for this podcast. You know, curiosity killed the cat. Well, uh, I got a blog post that was something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah. But, 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 go, go, go ahead, I'll, I'll, I'll put a flower on your grave later, but go ahead and tell me about your experience. So, um, I was trying to watch, uh, Strip Search, uh, the Penny Arcade reality television series, and, uh, you know, I flipped the switch and tried to, uh, you know, watch it, and, uh, you know, flipped it up into 720p since uh, YouTube is apparently capable of that now. Um, you know, as compared to about a month ago when it would just lock up. And uh, it locked up on me. Uh, at least it wasn't using Flash. But, uh, yeah, like, the stream just stopped. And, like, the play and pause, you know, like how you click on the video, it should play and pause. Yep. It, it wasn't exactly doing that. I needed to actually click the play and pause button for it to reliably work. And furthermore, you know, because I have two beautiful 24-inch monitors, I, you know, usually full screen the video on the second monitor and, you know, do something else on the first. But as soon as I clicked on the first screen, the second screen was not full screen anymore. It went popped right back into the browser. So I think that might be more of a Firefox problem. Probably. Oh, I'm posting on Facebook my daily exercise program. Hmm. With the mouse click. <laughs> nice. And okay, how do you spell exercise? E X C E R. C-I-S-E. Wow. The closest I kept getting to was ex exorcism. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me. Yep. So, yeah, I remember uh, making a blog post about contradictory wisdom. Uh, better safe than sorry, but no pain, no gain... Seek and ye shall find, but curiosity killed the cat. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Um, and, 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 off, and oftentimes I find when I get curious at work, it means I get more work to do. <laughs> so, um, perhaps my favorite. Uh, good things come to those who wait, but time waits for no man. The early bird gets the worm... But the second mouse, mouse gets the gets cheese. The cheese. <laughs> yep. That, that, that's, my, that's my quote at work. <laughs> yeah, my boss thinks it's hilarious. It, it is. So, uh, do you have keyless entry on your car? I thankfully do not. I'm pretty sure the car I'm getting does not. Um, apparently, keyless entry security is pretty weak. And uh, it can be opened in approximately 20 minutes. So 
Uh, so someone figured out a sequence of numbers that, uh, you know, since apparently keyless uh, entry works, it tries the last five numbers whenever you press something into it. So you can, you know, press in seven numbers, but it will try, uh, uh, was it three sequences of five numbers? So you can, you know, go up to a car and punch all these in, and, you know, it'll take you about 20 seconds or so, and the car should be unlocked at some point in there. So. It's exactly 3,129 key presses long. Mm-hmm. Well, in case if you ever see some guy with a piece of paper at a car, <laughs> <laughs> go up to and ask him where he got that and if he got it off the internet. So, um, you know what an anchor tag is? I do know what an anchor tag is. I was forced to use it in HTML back in college where you click on a link, it takes you directly there. Yep. Kind of like a lot of Wikipedia. Yep, that's, you know, it's the basic element of HTML and the web and getting around in it. Uh, So the tag, um, you know, that's what actually creates it. And uh, there's the href element, which is the URL of where you're supposed to go. Apparently, you can attach an on-click JavaScript event to that uh, tag and change the href uh, address, and it'll go to that one it changed to, rather than the original href. Huh. Um, Interesting. Apparently this will work in uh, in all browsers except for Opera. Well, time to get off all the browsers except for Opera. <laughs> so this um, is a major security flaw. Yeah, so like... Major... Uh, Major. So, because when you hover over a link, uh, your browser should display probably at the bottom where it should go to. But if that's not the place that you go to, uh, something is broke. Yep. You know, actually, I think I do use something similar to this in my, in one of the sites I programmed at work. Hmm. Kind 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 of to prevent the user from using the back button. Hmm. Yeah, there's a whole can of worms with uh, breaking the back button. Yep. That's like the second most used feature on the web. Well, yeah. But the. This um, entire project was to sunset another project, and well, I didn't really care that much about it. So, so why not? What are they going to do? I was the only developer may- on the entire project, so so maybe in fifteen years, no one will use it anymore. Well, I think it's scheduled to be decommissioned in ten years. Hmm. Yeah. So it, eleven years from now. You can stop worrying about Internet Explorer 6. So, uh, mm-hmm. speaking of uh, Firefox again, uh, Alex Limmy uh, says that checkboxes can kill your product. So, 
he uh, goes through all of the checkboxes in Firefox, and believe me, there are a lot of checkboxes in Firefox uh, in the options uh, that if you uncheck them, you will break the web. <laughs> uh, for instance, uh, try unchecking the load images automatically box. Um, you can't see the text box on Google anymore to type into. <laughs> if you I, disable you, JavaScript... You, you, you don't even see the Google... Never mind. Continue. So, if you uncheck uh, enable JavaScript, you can no longer book flights. Um, Wait, if you enable JavaScript... If you unchecked the Enable JavaScript. Okay. Um, if you turned off navigation, uh, suddenly you get a blank window with uh, no buttons and no address bar. <laughs> uh, good luck trying to find a website that you can help fix this problem when your son was clicking around in the menus in Firefox yesterday, and today your browser has no buttons. <laughs> and uh, maybe even a little bit more dangerous instead of just griefing um, talking about uh, fish in a barrel category um, you can turn off SSL and TLS if you do Google services will look like secure connection failed <laughs> also note that the also note that the message doesn't even tell you that you can turn it back on in the settings. We just tell you it has been disabled and that you should, quote, contact the website owners to inform them of this problem. Good luck trying to do that. Good luck trying to do that when you can't even see the website or load your email. That, 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 that's kind of on par when I was installing Windows. It gives me an option to print the terms and... <laughs> the the terms yeah on the... <laughs> it's like wait and I have if, and, and in fact it's written right there it's recommended to print <laughs> <laughs> and keep it for your personal reference yeah and uh, let's see it's just that's just about as retarded as uh, let's see I actually had a uh, motherboard once that you know. I would boot it up, and it would say, like, on the post screen, uh, keyboard error or no keyboard found. Press F1 to continue. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And the other ones that are I'm, funny uh, are the no monitors detected. I'm trying to press F1. <laughs> Why isn't it doing anything? <laughs> so, uh, I actually have oh, a picture well. of I actually have a picture of that error. Nice. O override automatic cache management. Huh. Um, well. And then plus the entire certificate manager. Um, personally, I feel pretty confident that the number of people that know how, to, how any of this works can be narrowed down to people who actually work in the companies on that list. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, guess I I could see this being useful to fix your say quote girlfriend unquote computer <laughs> if you want to get like a little heroic moment. 
Yeah. Um, Say, if she's not already using Chrome. Um, So, yeah, it looks like a lot of these checkboxes were, uh, like, originally put in there from, uh, like, Netscape in the 90s. uh, Because if you recall, uh, Firefox is essentially the, like, I'm not sure if the son or the grandson of Netscape at this point. But it carries over a lot of baggage from there, so like these checkboxes are just essentially that, and they pretty much have no business being in a modern browser. Correct. So he basically boils it down to: if less than two percent of your user base cares about this feature, don't put it as a checkbox. And mm. and if you need to configure something, there's the about colon config uh, entries that you can use. Speaking of a lot of checkboxes in the options uh, dialogue, um, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just putting away my... I paid my taxes today. Finally. $1,800. What, to you or to them? <laughs> to them. Uh, uh, anyways, uh... Speaking of uh, lots of checkboxes in the options dialogue, you should check out Urfanview, which is my appreciate of the week. Um, I appreciate it not for its checkboxes, but for its uh, image viewing capabilities and the uh, speed in which it loads. Okay. So I will have to look at it. So this is just a really simple image viewer um, that's uh, pretty fast. And, you know, you can pretty much scroll through an entire directory of pictures and other files and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's uh, quite customizable. Uh, you know, if you try to go into the options dialog, it may get confusing. Uh, but, you know, there mm-hmm. it can be pretty much customized to your every whim almost. And it's very small, very lightweight, and it, you know, fires up and starts. You can double-click an image and see it in less than half a second. Nice. So, and I uh, chipped in, like, 50 bucks to this guy, like, a year or two ago, just because I like it so much. And it's not nagware, it's not shareware, it's totally free, um, but it's not open source, though. So, mm. Stallman will not like this. 
but if you are not Richard Stallman, you will probably like it. Yep. Hmm. So, uh, let's see. Do you remember a guy called Brian Krebs? I do not. So he's uh, essentially a security researcher. And uh, last week, uh, there was uh, quite a some weird stuff happening. Um, it first started off when he uh, reported on a Russian uh, website that essentially stole identities. Um, and like, I think they launched, uh, let's see, a site advertised in cybercrime underground that sells access to social security numbers and credit reports. So, mm. uh, so apparently someone connected to this Russian site didn't really like it too well. Uh, so they, uh, denial of service, you know, they launched a denial of service attack against, uh, Brian Krebs. And uh, his stuff. So, you know, he reported on it. Then Ars Technica uh, reported on it as well. And Ars Technica also got a denial of service attack on Friday afternoon. Oh, cool. So, um, also apparently uh, before Ars reported on this, um, in fact, uh, Brian Krebs, uh, said also that, uh, a SWAT team came to his house. Nice. Yeah, like, very serious stuff here. Like, this is probably much the most important point to get out of this. Um, like, apparently someone called and spoofed his, uh, cell phone number and said, like, uh, some Russians had broken into his house and shot his wife or something. And, uh, you know... Apparently, he was just walking around his house and, you know, was, like, messing around with an extension cord uh, when he heard, you know, like, get your hands in the air! And, like, suddenly there's, like, cop cars everywhere with people pointing guns at him. Huh. So, uh, if that wasn't enough, uh, they uncovered a little bit more, at least uh, our Stetnica did. Uh, and, like, you know, did a report on how they got, uh, DOSed, and also how Krebs got DOSed. And then, uh, Brian Krebs, uh, figured out, uh, who, uh, all this was supposedly pointing to and, uh, called him up. And, uh, apparently this guy was saying that, you know, like, I have no association with these people anymore. Um... And, uh, you know, uh, he claimed that he didn't use any of these tools because, quote, they are lame. Hmm. Interesting. And, uh, uh, let's see, the, the guy that he called, uh, was also the guy behind, uh, Matt Honan's iPads and stuff getting hacked. Very interesting. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Huh. So, you know, unfortunately, there's not much you can do against a DOS attack into, uh, aside from wait it out. True. So, uh, anyways, um, doesn't look like uh, Ryan sent any questions this week, so... Nope. Maybe, uh, 
Uh, let's see. Maybe he's just been tutoring a lot. I think he's on spring break this week. So, who knows? Um, see, if you have any questions or comments, uh, go ahead and use the contact form on the Nexus. Excuse me. And uh, don't forget, today is International Backup Awareness Day. Uh, every day is International Backup Awareness Day. Yep. So, oh, and uh, hi, Mom. And, uh, well, that seems to be it. So. Yep. Yep. Uh, so I, I heard that you were enjoying Heart of the Swarm. I am enjoying Heart of the Swarms very, very much. And you seem to have calmed down quite a bit. Yeah, something like that. So Honestly, I think I'm just going to go back to bed and go back to sleep for another eight hours. Uh, that seems a logical choice. Yep, so, so seven plus eight, 15 hours of sleep. Oh, that'll set you good for three days. Nah, <laughs> that'll get me caught up on last night's. I, I didn't sleep at all last night. My roommate was too noisy. Uh, compared to you, uh, kicking the wall. Hey, my my bed no longer touches <laughs> any side of the wall. <laughs> my last two roommates complained about it, so I finally fixed it. So, are you rolling out of bed now? No. Hmm. I don't see how that's possible, considering I have a queen-size bed. Hmm. I don't know. Knowing you, you'd figure something out. Oh, yeah. It's simple. And and my cats also sleep with me. It's kind of funny to watch them. Especially Shadow, because he'll get, like, right up in your face. <laughs> So, and, uh, let's see, uh, not next week, but the week after, I'll be finally getting the said car. So, nice. I'll be, I'll be taking the first week of April off of work. Hmm, what for? Vacation. Uh, I have... And I just so I'm... happen to be getting a car then, so. Yeah, coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I have some submitted my plan for my vacation days for this year, and it's totaling about 15 days. Hmm. And I'll have used less than half of my vacation days I've saved up. So, yeah, I'll probably be taking another week off sometime this summer, you know, pretty mm. much because I won't be completely relaxed this time around. But, uh, you know, it's still plenty of hours sitting around and doing nothing, so... Correct. And the sad thing about vacation is I have no money to actually go anywhere. <laughs> so I'll be taking a week off and I'll just be sitting at home. Uh, watching my roommate go to work every day. Eating. Playing hops. Actually, I think I'll have moved on to... Um, no, I don't think net game will be out by then. Uh, I don't think so. He didn't say until next year, I think. Well, and and his, the prototype comes out in June-ish. Yes. And then the 
supposedly the alpha of uh, Star Citizen will be coming out in around fall or something. Yep. I think that's the only thing I don't like about Kickstarter. I actually have to wait. Yep. So... I I suppose I also write up a blog post in the fact that, you know, due to the fact that, you know, say... Aliens, colonial marines uh, didn't really do too well, and like other bombs and stuff that uh, pre-orders aren't exactly uh, encouraged by the community nowadays. Yeah, but but that is in exact opposition to what how Kickstarter functions. Correct. Well, Gollum is not going to make it, so hmm. they just barely passed. Ten percent. Hmm. Oh well, I guess we'll uh, do this podcast next week. Yep. All right. Talk to you then. Okay. Have a good one. I will.